Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, give us a call, 208-991-4783, and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you uh, by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for all of your support. Uh, well, uh, we're going, we have a bit of a shift here in Call the Police. The last three weeks, we played you the uh, first three shows of the first summer replacement series for, uh, for, of Call the Police. However, Call the Police was a summer replacement series, which means it could be hard to hold on to cash from year to year, because you run the show uh, for from June, or in some cases July, uh, through September, and then they have other projects they've got to get on to, and those are the ones that become their uh, focus. Uh, so for the second season of Call the Police, uh, again as a summer replacement, sponsored by Rim, Rimso and over the NBC radio network, they couldn't get the same cast back with Joseph Julian in the lead. Instead, uh, they got George uh, Petrie. Petrie was probably better known for, uh, in some ways, his later radio work where he, as in radio's waning days, he got to a uh, starring role in uh, ABC revival of Casebook of Gregory Hood, and he also played the Falcon. This was the sixth episode of that 1948 season. It comes from July 6, 1948, and it's called The Case of the Sundower Mystery Mansion. Renzo, new Renzo with Tholium presents Call the Police. Attention, homicide section, flying squad detail. Murder suspect in your zone. Close in according to instructions. Between you and the evil outside the law stands the policeman of your community. He gives up his safety that you may be saved. And... Sometimes he gives up his life to protect yours. New Rinso, the soap that contains solium, the scientific sunlight ingredient, brings you Call the Police, a new series of realistic radio dramas inspired by the courageous work of police departments all over America. This is Commissioner Bill Grant. Case number 4208 in the Ashland police files was a nightmare. 
A black panic we try not to think of on moonless nights as the case of the Sun Tower Mystery Mansion. The case really began when Mrs. Potter, a devotee of occultism and wealthy mistress of Sun Tower Mansion, hired a mystic gentleman named Michel Brouillet to serve as a cross between a servant and a ghostly ringmaster. This, I knew, was unhealthy stuff, but it didn't become my business until a few months later, one ugly, rainy night. That was the night Mrs. Potter returned from her European junket. On hand to meet the train was, of course, our boy, the mystical Michel. And Mr. Potter? Gerald stayed over in New York. He'll be in in the morning. He... He will not be teased when he gets here. Michel, you look different. So worried. The night after you went away, I... I made a mistake. Mistake? I was lonely in that enormous house, Sybil. It was natural that I should want to talk to our friends. But I was guilty of some fatal oversight. Michel. Suddenly, and there was an infernal music and laughter. And then, as I stood trembling... A throne of skulls manifested in the center of the room. And there, there he sat. Who? I, I think the master of darkness himself. I remembered the exorcization of Balsami. Vade, vade, magister sinistrus. I, I shouted those words, and the room was suddenly empty. Oh, thank heaven. But all... All is not well. I do not think the house is a safe place for you, Sybil. What have we done? What have we done? We, we will talk about it inside. Come. Oh, oh, there must be some way, somehow, of undoing the harm. Sybil. Yes? I'm sorry. The key to the front door. I've left it inside. You go on ahead. I will let myself into the cellar. And open the door for you. You won't be long, will you? Where will this end? Where will it end? Gerald warned me. He said dealing with the beyond is dangerous. Someday you'll be you'll discover too late that What was that? Michelle. Michelle! my wife said she wanted to do her regular Monday rinse wash. And what's more, she wanted my help. <laughs> well, you know, I got a big kick out of it. And I found out one thing. A woman has a lot more wash to do than I knew about. First, she did all the white things. Tablecloths, sheets, dish towels, and my shirts. 
Say, the wonderful way that Rinso wash turned out was something to see. Whiter, actually, than brand new. The colored washables, like my wife's good cotton dresses, her ginghams, and my pajamas were even brighter than brand new. That's the astonishing thing that happens when you use new Rinso with Solium, the scientific sunlight ingredient. Clothes come whiter and brighter than new. Only Rinso can do that because only new Rinso contains Solium. Even on rainy days, even when clothes are dried indoors, new Rinso puts sunshine in your wash. It's so safe for clothes and kind to hand. New Rinso with Solium. Mrs. Potter, the wealthy addict of occultism, was driven home from the station by her mystic soothsayer and servant, Michael Brulier. Half an hour later, she was found strangled to death in the hallway of her enormous home by a passerby who had heard her earth-rending scream. That was the beginning. But there was more to come, lots more. And all bad, as I discovered as soon as Libby and I walked into Suntower Mansion. As the body commissioner. So I see. Now, uh, you're the gentleman who heard Mrs. Potter's cries came in to investigate? Yes, I happen to be passing by. I'm a doctor. And the name... Robert Martin. Any details, Dr. Martin? The woman was obviously strangled. Marks in her throat, face contorted. Make a note, Libby. All right. If you'd like to have me make an official report at headquarters... What's this? Commissioner. No, look. It's our lad, Brouillet. Commissioner. What's the matter, Mr. Brouillet? Run into a strong-arm spook? This man is hurt. Whoever attacked him meant to kill. What went on here, Brouillet? I... I brought Mrs. Potter home. I... I forgot the key. I went into the cellar to let her in. Where's Mr. Potter? New York. Stayed over. Not expected back until the morning. Um, you're going through the cellar to let her in. I, I started to run up the steps. She was calling my name and, and then from somewhere, something hit me and I, I lost consciousness. I, is she all right? Not exactly. What? What is the matter? Where is she? On the floor in front of you. Sibyl. Dead. Dead. Uh, no. He's fainted. I think it was genuine shock. If it was, doctor him up. Revive him. Yes, sir. Libby? Yes, Bill? Let's take a walk. I want to give this monkey house the once over. Libby and I had worked our way through a dozen massive hallways and up and down as many massive staircases, getting nowhere but lost. And a sound from very nearby stopped us in our tracks. What's that? I thought this joint was empty. What is that, Bill? We'll soon find out. What's the idea? What does this mean? Why, I... Oh... Commissioner Grant. Well, if it isn't Mr. G.F. Potter unpacking his expensive luggage. Come on in, Levy. What are you doing here? I'll tell you if you tell me. This is my home. Rumor had it that you were in New York. Rumor's correct. I was. I just got in. When? A few minutes ago. What time? What is What time did your train get in? At, uh, at 11.15. I, uh, just arrived from the station. 
seen your wife since you got in? No, I came in quietly through the side entrance. I didn't want to disturb her. Where do you think she is? Well, she got in a couple of hours before I did. She's probably in her bedroom, sleeping peacefully. She's on the drawing room floor, G.F. And she's dead. What? Murdered. Corroborate, Libby. Your wife has been murdered, Mr. Potter. May I come in, Commissioner? Oh, sure. Potter, this is Dr. Martin. He discovered your wife's body. I just wanted to report that Michel Bouillet is coming around. Good. And one other item. I applied artificial respiration, and when I removed his coat for the purpose, this fell out. A letter? Under the circumstances, it seems a little bizarre. Postmarked three weeks ago, foreign stamp. Interesting. Mr. Potter has just returned from Europe. Let's see it. Grand like, Gerald. Ah. My dear Brulier, I'm aware that there's a romantic relationship between you and my wife. You may think I will overlook this affront, but I assure you that I will avenge it if it means death for both of you. Signed, G.F. Potter. Give me that letter. Sorry if it annoys you, Gerald, but you wrote it with your own little hands, and you kept your word. Brulier is alive by the skin of his teeth. And a little over an hour ago, you murdered your wife. You're insane. Why, my train didn't get in until 11.15. Take it, Libby. I... Hello? Yes? Yes? Oh, I see. Uh, what time was that? Sure. Sure, I'll tell him and thanks. Tell who? Mr. Potter. That the airline is holding the briefcase that he left aboard the plane. What plane was that? The one that arrived from New York at 6.30 this evening. Well, G.F., what's the answer to that one? Before I turned around, Potter was making tracks for the open door to the terrace. I gave chase. He turned and let me have both feet on the solar plexus. It sent me crashing back into the wall of the house, but the recoil was too much for him. And he went over the railing, howling like a horrified banshee. <laughs> Potter lay still where he fell. We went down to the drive below and heard Dr. Martin's diagnosis. Just a broken rib, Commissioner. You sure that's all? I'm absolutely certain. Dr. Martin accompanied his newly made patient to the city hospital where his rib would heal under the watchful eye of a guardian of the law. The sergeant and I proceeded to the International Airline Terminal to claim Potter's briefcase as material evidence. While we were driving back, Gourier was beginning to feel a little better at Suntower House. And Libby was doing some unrequested overtime. Unofficially, Mr. Gourier, I think you know a lot more than you've said. And on the other hand, I don't think that you're guilty. You are right both times. Then who are you shielding? Of course, if you don't want to talk... Miss Taylor, do you believe in the powers of evil? In this world or the next? Either one. I believe in them in this world. And how do you feel about them? I... I hate them. Are you sure? Look, Mr. Bruyer, I only took up police work because I thought it was the best way I knew of to protect the rights of decent people. Very well. I shall tell you. Tell me. This murder was actually the work of a man named Lothair. Affair. Yes, a murderer and villain from my native island of Hawaii in the Caribbean. Where is he now? 
Maggio along on the double. Back at Suntower House, I must have taken the marble escalator in three leaps, and then... I stood on the doorway of the second-floor bedroom. Bill? Bill? And there I saw Libby on her hands and knees, ah. dragging herself toward me, Bill. literally over the dead body of Michel Brouillet. one particular kind of woman to whom it makes a really special appeal. That's the kind of woman who likes to keep everything she owns fresh, new-looking, and shining, as nearly perfect as she can. New Rinso with Sodium actually makes the clothes you wash turn out whiter than when they were brand new. And the washable color is brighter than brand new. You can't do better than that. And as a matter of fact, no other soap can do that for you because no other soap contains sodium. So if you want your table linens, towels, and your house dresses, too, to have a brilliance you've never seen before, use New Rinso, the only soap that contains the scientific sunlight ingredient. The wonderful sodium. You'll find that even on rainy days, even if you have to dry a wash indoors, Rinso with sodium puts sunshine in your wash. Try it on wash day. Safe, soapy, rich New Rinso. When the second murder occurred and Michel Brouillet was found strangled to death at Sun Tower Mansion, we got Libby out of the joint fast. Back at headquarters, she began to talk to Maggio and me, incoherently at first, and then... Brouillet was just telling me that the murder was committed by someone named Lefebvre. Lefebvre? Mm-hmm. Hey, wait a minute. There's a thing in the paper about a guy named Lefebvre. What about him? He's a guy who's running for president in an island in the Caribbean. Got the article? Yeah, just a second. Here. Uh, oh, here it is, page three. Where? Yeah. Oh. And I, July 3rd. 
Edmund Lefebvre has announced his candidacy for president to replace the late Manuel de Guerra, recently assassinated by the aroused population. Uh, couldn't be the same, Lefebvre. He's 2,000 miles from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Levy. Brouillet mentioned Lefebvre and... Well, and suddenly there was this music. This wild, unreal music and the heavy pounding of a drum and people laughing down below. What people laughing down below? No people. The place was empty. What are you telling us, Miss Tyler? What happened? Just what happened? I can't explain it any more than you can. Who's that? Come in. I just dropped by, Commissioner, to say that our patient is conscious and under police guard in City Hospital. Potter? Yes, I just left him. He couldn't have slipped out about 45 minutes ago. No, definitely not. Then that lets Potter out. Sure. Sure does. It's obvious what we're dealing with here. Ghosts. Goblins. Maggio. Yeah? Go out and round up a witch doctor and hand him the case. Get a real Lollapalooza with a two-headed mask. If I might suggest... Huh? I, uh... I was going to say that since we all know that ghosts don't exist, we might make a simple assumption in this case. You mean... somebody could be rigging up a ghost scare? Possibly. Though I can't imagine the reason. The reason. Or could there be anything valuable at Suntower House? Dr. Martin. Yes, sir. Is Potter well enough to have a little conversation? Yes, he is. Okay, let's get to the hospital. He's the boy to give us the answers. You better talk, Potter. If you didn't kill your wife, you intended to. Somebody had gotten to Sybil before you, and you gave us that phony timetable alibi because you were scared. But I... I've... Told you all I know, Commissioner. But there's nothing of peculiar value at Suntar House. Are you absolutely certain, Potter? Yes, yes. There's, there's nothing in any of the rooms that we know about. Rooms you know about? What does that mean? Well, there... Well, there's some lost space in Suntar House. That's all, Grant. That's all, is it? That's all! Come on, come on! Well, we rebuilt the right wing, and the architect did a sloppy job and left a foot or so of the floor space out of the new blueprint. It was really a better house the way it was when we bought it from him. From him? From who? A foreign chap named, uh, something like, uh, Lefebvre. Uh, Lefebvre? Lefebvre? Yes. Why, yes. That's it. Edmund Lefebvre. He was somewhere from the Caribbean. The island of Hanoi, I believe. <laughs> made a beeline for the original architect of Suntower House and came away with the blueprints. Burning the 10 o'clock oil with compass and slide rule, I finally scared Maggio out of a year's growth. There it is. There it lays. I got it. Holy smoke. Compare, my ever-loving Watson. A fast glance betrays that there's a discrepancy yielding us four and a half feet of unaccounted floor space in the attic reaches of Suntower House. Come on. To where? To the mansion. Come on. Wait till I get my coat. You don't need it. My gun's inside. I got a gun. You went up to that attic armed with axe and crowbar and started tapping for hollow sound. Maggio took the front wall. I took the rear and then... Maggio. Yeah? The axe. What do you find? We'll soon know. <sighs> Look at it crumble, Sergeant. If you ask me, this is it. 
There, have a look. It's the four and a half feet between the real outer wall and this phony partition. It's very nice, Chief, only it's as empty as a beggar's hat in Edinburgh, you notice? I notice. I also notice it's papered. So? Valuables can come in very small parcels, Maggio. Start ripping the wallpaper off wherever it looks a little loose. As you say, Commissioner. Hey, listen. Yeah. That's what Miss Tyler said she heard. Let them have a picnic down there, Sergeant. They can't stop us now. I got an angle, Chief. Run me a gun and you keep looking. What are you going to do? Fire a shot and see if it don't break up the celebration. I kept working over the wallpaper while Maggio went out to the head of the stairs. He'd fire that shot down into the darkness. I waited. The music was still. And then... Two shots came up out of the darkness, and Maggio staggered into the room, empty-handed and gripping his right arm. Chief! Chief! Maggio! It's coming. Coming. Something's coming up the stairs. Listen. What is it? I only, I only saw a blood. My gun! Where's my gun? I, I dropped it over the staircase when I got it in the armor. What? I think this is really it. I, I'm sorry, Chief. There was a dark figure in the doorway. I reached reflectively for the gun that wasn't in my holster, found my flashlight, and turned it on the shadowy menace. You will be wise enough to respect the gun, I trust. You could miss with the light in your eyes. Hardly with six bullets, Commissioner, and... There's a logic in what you say, Dr. Martin. By the way, I just located the valuable. It was a roll of 16-millimeter film plastered behind the wallpaper where the former tenant, Mr. Lefebvre, left it. I will take it, please. What's this thing worth, Martin? Brouillet evidently considered it pretty important. He started a ghost scare here at Suntower House to keep people away while he searched. What Bouillet did is none of my business. Your rivals, weren't you? Both after this little roll of film for reasons of your own. You're only in agreement on one point. The ghost scare was a very useful smokescreen, a hocus-pocus worked with records in a public address system. So? But essentially, you and Bouillet were mortal political enemies. You must have been. You killed him. When he was about to enlist Libby and the police on his side. I have no time to talk. You also killed Mrs. Potter to keep her from intruding on this vital hunting ground. But one point I don't get. Why did you enlist the services of the police? I needed official help. I needed it badly enough to take the risks involved. I had to get those architects' prints and locate the missing room. Washington has discovered that I am here without a visa. And you wanted me to wind up your unfinished business. Just as you have done. And now, if you don't want to be the last business I finish, give me that film. Not a chance. Very well. Play it your own way. Best wishes, Mr. Grant. Well? Well, who was it? Santa Claus? Or Libby Tyler? Did... Did I kill him, Bill? No. He just knocked his artillery arm out of commission. Oh, good news. 
I got better news, Angel. He didn't kill me. As soon as Maggio came around, Libby and I ran the 16-millimeter film through in a private projection booth. It was documentary proof of Lefebvre's intimate association with certain ruthless elements in Hanai. Enough to kill his chances for election. Brouillet was after the film to squelch Lefebvre's chances. Martin, on Lefebvre's payroll, was in this country to destroy the film. So, uh, now what happens, Bill? Michel wins, Libby. The mystical man of goodwill. How do you mean? We ship the film to Hanai tomorrow. And the mystery's over? Except for one thing. Hmm? How did you manage to appear just in time? Oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got on to Martin. I contacted the New York Medical Association, found out there was no listing at all for a Dr. Robert Martin, and I came looking for you. Very sly, little lady. And what do we get for it in the end? A movie. At least a free movie. Oh, it lacked a lot. Oh, such a... Uh, a finish. You know, a moment when the guy and the gal stand face to face and he murmurs something sentimental and then... Draws her uh, to him. Bill. Bill, please. Well, what's the matter, sweetheart? I'm only trying to show you what I mean by a lovely finish. Bill. Oh, Bill Grant. Commissioner Grant will be back in just a moment with the Call the Police Award of Valor. This week presented to a police officer who drove his motorcycle headlong into a hail of bullets to capture three vicious bank robbers. But first, you know, there's no reason why your house shouldn't have the best there is. The problem's to know what is best. And once you try new Rinso with sodium, the scientific sunlight ingredient, I think you'll know what soap is the one for you. Try Rinso next wash day. See how white clothes come whiter than new. Washable color is even brighter than new. Rinso with sodium puts sunshine in your wash. Remember, more women use Rinso than any other wash day soap in the world. This is Bill Grant. Tonight we present the Call of Police plaque of valor and a cash award. The motorcycle officer, Robert C. Mayer of Los Angeles, California. While on traffic duty in downtown Los Angeles, Officer Mayer picked up a radio police call alerting all units to a bank holdup at 8th and Vermont. Wheeling his motorcycle, he roared in the direction of the robbery. Several blocks from the bank, Mayer spotted the holdup car as it careened around a corner. Skidding crazily for a half block, it crashed against a wall. The three bandits leaped out and using the overturned car as a barricade, opened fire on the radio car number 71T, which had led the chase. Mayer rode his motorcycle directly into the hail of bullets. Then he, too, opened fire. The bitch gun battle lasted for several minutes before two of the robbers went down. Severely wounded himself, Officer Mayer apprehended all three gunmen. His high courage in face of direct fire, his resolute fortitude and gallant devotion to duty are in keeping with the highest tradition of the police forces of America. Congratulations to Motorcycle Officer Robert C. Mayer, Chief C.B. Horrell, and the entire police force of Los Angeles, California. 
Petrie, which starred in the role of Bill Grant. Music was arranged and conducted by Ben Ludlow. This is Hugh James, reminding you to be with us again next week when Lever Brothers Company, makers of new Rinso with Solium, bring you another exciting police case. Listen next week to... The Case of the Mandarin's Macaw. Doctors proved it. Life Boy Health Soap, with its purifying ingredient, gets skin cleaner. Stops B.O. as no other leading soap can. Doctors compared Life Boy and other leading soaps in 820 tests. These tests prove a daily Life Boy bath gets skin cleaner. Gives top 24-hour protection against B.O. Refreshing, mild. Life Boy gets skin cleaner. When you go into the woods this summer, be careful about starting a forest fire. Be sure to put out all cigarettes, wet down campfires, break every match you use in two. Forest fires can be prevented, but only you can do it. Be sure to listen next week to... Call the police. Welcome back. You know, this is actually the first episode of uh, Call the Police I'd heard. Uh, in fact, it used to be an old-time radio uh, researchers group, uh, they have something called a singles and doubles uh, collection. You can look it up sometime. Uh, it basically contains shows, you know, kind of as the name implies. There's really only one or two episodes out there. Well, of course, Call the Police is up to five, but this was in that collection. The first time I heard it, I, I got an impression. I'm not certain, you know, obviously it wasn't what they were going for because the program I thought of hadn't existed yet, but it reminded me of Scooby-Doo. However, I, I think on second listening, there's a little bit more international intrigue than you would get in an average episode of Scooby-Doo. So I'll um, maybe revise my remarks ever so slightly, um, but uh, still, uh, still had a little bit of that feel to it. Well, we actually only have one more episode of Call the Police, and it'll be next week's show. Well, I hope you will be with us then. Uh, join us tomorrow for Let George Do It. Uh, in the meanwhile, if you have a comment, send it to me. Uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and call us 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.